Welcome to Word of Life Family Church, where we are always striving to grow in our relationship with God, our family, and our community. Today is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice. And we are rejoicing that you have come across this message. We believe that it's no accident that you're listening today, but rather a divine appointment. We hope and desire that God will speak to you through this message and that it will help you to fulfill your God-given destiny. Now let's get to the message which is already in session. And appointed. And I thought it was important as we read the scripture that's kind of in the foundation scripture that we would stand at attention and read this together. So I'm going to ask you to read it with me. It should be on the screen in, in just a moment. But it comes from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. This has been the scripture that we have been working on over the last few weeks. And, and we're going to look at this a little bit deeper today, but I want us to read it and, and leave God's truth about it. Can you read with me? But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, His own appointed, that you may proclaim the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Father, we thank You. We receive that truth. God, I pray that today we might understand even deeper that truth today. Father, as You share through me, I pray that my words are Your words and nothing in between. And Father, even when I miss the words, that You would translate them so that they would hear what they need to hear in this moment and in this time. God, I thank You that You're big enough. I've prayed and I've studied and I've sought you. But Father, if you have something to share, please share it today. Holy Spirit, have your way and do your thing. We thank you, Father, for this great day. We thank you for our great nation. And Father, I thank you for every person represented. That Father, not only are they saved, but they are made whole in Christ Jesus. Now we're able to hear your word. We're able to plant it in our hearts that it might grow and flourish in Jesus' mighty name, everybody said, Amen. And you may be seated. Hallelujah. I'm going to take off my glasses so I can't see you. So as I speak, if you're mad at me, I won't know. I didn't introduce myself. Most of you know I'm Pastor Jason. I'm so thankful to have the opportunity to share with you today on this series we've been in, Called and Appointed. And I just wanted to kind of go back through, remind you the purpose and the, and the thought that, that God had put in my heart for this series was that if we were to look, if we were to ever accomplish and to live up to the standard and to the position that God has given us, that we first must understand who we are in Him. That in order to know that we can that we are a royal nation, that we need to be reminded of that. If we're going to act royal, we need to understand that He's put us in that position. I want to remind you that position doesn't, isn't about what we're going to do like we would puff out our chests and we're great, but it's really a heart thing. It's really a belief in that God is what He says He is and He will absolutely do what He says He's going to do. This is the heart behind this series and I believe that there's no greater thing than if we understand the identity of of Christ in us. When we have a view of that, when we have an understanding, I believe this is when 
Colossians says, since we have been raised with Christ, seated, we will raise, we will, we're seated on the, uh, I messed that up, didn't I? Does anybody remember it? Should I read it to you? This is the most important thing that he has for us. Since you have been raised with Christ. Someone say, I've been raised with Christ. It says, set your hearts on things above. Where Christ sits at the right hand of God. He goes on to say in verse 2, verse, Colossians chapter 3, verse 2, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. This series is about putting our minds on things above. I don't understand it. I don't know why God did it, but He did. He called us and appointed us in this time and in this hour. He's equipped us in this moment. And we need to begin to believe Him and set our minds on that truth. And as we do, I believe that when we feel as if we are in the position that He has said that we are, I believe that we'll begin to walk and talk and begin to declare who he says we are. And so this is what this series has been about. And, and I've been going through this. And what we've been looking at, I was hoping, would be to encourage us. And I think it's been an encouragement, but it's actually more been a series about deepening our relationship. Taking the root of God's word in us and, and continuing to let it grow deeper, dig deeper into the soil so that we're firm on that belief. I'm going to look at a, a passage of Scripture, and I hope you have your Bibles today because I want you to lay eyes on it in Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 16. First cha- uh, 1 Samuel chapter 16. We're gonna, I'm going to read verse 1, and I'm going to give you a little context. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 1 says, The Lord said to Samuel, Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul since we... I have rejected him as king over Israel. Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I'm sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. Now, I just want to give you a little context to understand. Israel had cried out for a king. And God gave them a king by the name of Saul. Saul was a good king for some time But I believe that he began to fail because he lacked his understanding of his God-given identity. He, we find it in the beginning of this, if you look in 12 and 13 and 14 of 1 Samuel, you'll find that God finds Saul hidden away. Not because he wasn't great. In fact, the Bible says he was a head head above his stature. But something doesn't matter when we have an identity crisis. It doesn't matter how powerful we look or how handsome or how beautiful or or all the money, any of those positional things. But when we feel like we don't have what God says we have, we'll cower down. And that's where Saul was. I praise God that God worked through that with him and he became the king. And he was a good king for a long time. Unfortunately, as things go, Sometimes pride jumps in. The enemy will say, oh man, they don't get their identity. But when they get their identity, then he throws pride to hope that he will lose our identity again. The enemy is an identity thief. And he's trying to steal that. And so Samuel finds himself in a place where he's disappointed. 
a place in time when he's disappointed because he knew that God had called Saul. But Saul was fallen off. And in fact, the Bible says that he's removed now, the, that removed, wants to remove Saul from power. I'm reminded of this. It, it, it's like this year. I don't know about you, but I remember December 31st. 2019, all of the anticipation, all the excitement, all of the I know that God, it's 2020 is on its way. It's going to be a year of vision. 2020, duh, it's going to be amazing. I don't know about you, but it seemed to undermeet my expectation. And I don't know about you, but I've found myself over the last few months and weeks in this state of, well, first of all, like, what happened? What? I know God had great things planned. We didn't miss it there. But why isn't it not lining up with what I thought? And Samuel finds himself in this place. And God wakes him up. And I pray that today we're woken up by the word of God. The Lord says, how long will you mourn for Saul? He says, fill your horn with oil and be on your way. God is saying, Samuel, pick yourself up by the bootstraps. Just because something has not met the expectation doesn't mean that I'm not still in charge. Just because it didn't look like what you thought it would look like doesn't mean that I'm done. Samuel, I'm still sovereign God. Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. I believe God would say we need to stop licking our wounds of disappointment and disillusionments. Even in the midst of hyphen numbers, we can stand and say God is still sovereign. He's still mighty. And he's, I believe he's saying, fill your horn with oil. Repack. Get reacquainted with me. And get on your way. I'm sending you to a new thing. I believe that God is saying this for us. In this moment, in this time. It's time to be on our way. And I believe we are doing that in Jesus' name. Amen. 1 Samuel chapter 16, now verse 2. But Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears about it, he'll kill me. And the Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Now we could stop in this point and we could say, we could talk about, we could take all of the rest of the time and talk about that even though there's challenges and issues in the way, God always 
finds a way to make it work. He always looks, he always has a plan that's way smarter than us. That God works it out. We don't know how. I know we wish we knew how. I know we wish we had tomorrow's answer. But God says, don't worry about tomorrow. Take care of today. He'll always work it out. In, in chapter 3, excuse me, in, in verse 3, he goes on to say, invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what to do. You are to anoint for me the one that I indicate. I, I want to take this opportunity to talk a little bit about the anointing. I, I want to look at this as we've been talking about called and appointed. On one level of this text, we can see that, that how God raises up a new king that is to be David through, through which Jesus comes. But the anointing means something uh, much more important maybe to us in this moment, in this, in this day. We may not become kings like David was in that time. But I believe we're called and we're appointed by God for certain works. When you see the term anointing used in the Bible in the Old Testament, you usually find a situation like this with oil and, and, and a horn and oil, etc. It's really a time of celebration or rejoicing. In the practical meaning, for the reason it's really defined like this, and it's on your handout, the anointing is a singling out and empowering by God for special favor and or a responsibility. That's what it means to be anointed. Let me read that again. A singling out and an empowering by God for special favor or responsibility. Now you notice I didn't say favors. Because that would mean that we could just put our feet up and say, well God, you just, whatever you're going to be, be. The anointing is the Holy Spirit power for service on this earth. For the believer. What's cool is that Samuel sent, or God sent Samuel to Jesse to anoint his son to be king. In the New Testament, this side of the cross, John 14 says Jesus said that though our belief, that through our belief in him, God the Father will give you the same anointing, which is the Holy Spirit. So God has called you, he's appointed you, and through Christ Jesus, he has anointed you. The anointing is God's presence by the Holy Spirit. The anointing, it's the same anointing that was on Jesus, is on us. Let me say that again. The same anointing that was on Jesus is on us. I want to remind you of something that might shake your, your, your thought process. Jesus was only anointed here on earth. He is God. He needed the anointing to perform 
the miracles and to perform all that he did, he needed the anointing here on earth. Jesus went, bought, paid for that that anointing could now be transferred to us. A lot of people think, oh, the anointing, oh, you know, heavenly. And, and, and there is a special amount of anointing, but heaven doesn't need the anointing because the power of God is already moving and doing. It's a perfect place. And the reason I'm saying is I'm trying to remind you that the anointing is for right now, for us today, for service, for what we do every single day. And he's anointed you. Amen. The called and the appointed, enabled by God to function supernaturally. That's really what the anointed means. To be anointed means we're called and we're appointed and we're enabled by God to function supernaturally. I don't think we're catching that. That we have been abled, enabled by God to function supernaturally. The anointing places the super to our natural. Jesus came, he lived and he died. Before Jesus was anointed, before Jesus did miracles, he was anointed. Jesus needed the anointing to do the miracles, to do the works of service on earth. Jesus says, even greater things will you do. In my name you'll cast out demons. In my name... You'll heal the sick, lay hands on the sick and see them recover. In my name, that is the Holy Spirit work, which is the anointing that Christ Jesus paid for. Signed, sealed, and delivered. I'm yours. Say, I'm called. Say, I'm appointed. And I'm anointed. Now, I'll say it again. I'm anointed. I'm anointed. Now, that doesn't mean that we can just do any old thing we want to do. It doesn't mean that we are just entitled because we're all that. In Luke chapter 12, it says, Too much is given, much is required. I like the way the message says it. Great gifts meet great responsibilities. And greater gifts mean greater responsibilities. NIV says, For everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. For from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. I'm anointed. 
I have a responsibility. Sometimes the enemy will get us heavy on, I'm anointed! Sometimes the enemy will get on, I've got a responsibility! And God says, I want you to walk in my perfect peace. I want you to know that you are a child of Christ. Signed, sealed, loved, cherished, bought, and paid for. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And you have been called out of darkness into His marvelous light to share the gospel of the Father. We have a responsibility, if we are royalty, to live royalty. I work better in my office. We are responsible Somebody hear me today? Today we're going to have, I have four declarations for us today. Actually, not just for today, but for tomorrow, for the next day, the next month, the next year, forever. And I've made these statements in first person. Because I want you to preach to yourself this week. I want you to preach to yourself this month, this year. They say, you know, I, I don't know if you've heard this before, they say that that people believe very little about what you tell them. But they almost always believe what they tell themselves. And so I'm saying, we're going to make declarations that we can tell ourselves that comes from God's Word that we can stand on. And as we speak it, we should believe it because it's His Word and His promise. Because when you speak, you're not just speaking as a person. You're speaking as the called and the appointed and the anointed one. Now understand that that's that Jesus was the Messiah. Jesus Christ. Christ is not a last name. It is it means the anointing. In Isaiah, it talks about it. It, it prophesies about the anointing that will break every yoke of bondage. That the anointing, which is Jesus, capital A says, I'm going to go and I'm going to live and I'm going to die. I'm going to pass on my anointing by beating the enemy, sin and death, once and for all, so that God's kids can be anointed. And so we can declare these today. Are you ready? I hope that you can use these points as tools for yourself. I know that I've already used them for myself this week. The number one declaration we'll say today is, I am anointed to accomplish my assignment. I am anointed to accomplish my assignment. Now, you may not have known that you had an anointing at all before 
this, but now you know that the anointing is on your life and that that anointing, you've been anointed so that you can accomplish your assignment. The same anointing that was on Jesus is in you. The same anointing that was on Jesus is in you, me, us. Hallelujah. I know I keep harping, but how many times in this year have we felt powerless? And that is a lie. We're not maybe we don't have power over government. Maybe we don't have power over and we don't have the authority in a natural means, but I would argue that we do by prayer and supplication. Make your request known to God. It's a bold statement, Pastor. We got a bold God. He's not weak. And he didn't he didn't equip his kids to be weak. We've been given power and promise. You have been anointed. To accomplish your assignment. So right where you are, tell your neighbor, I'm anointed to accomplish my assignment. I know we're not used to talking to each other because we're six feet apart, but we can still yell. You are anointed. Now I'm gonna, I want to put a picture in our minds a little bit about anointing. I want you to understand that God's anointing, His power, the Holy Spirit, is always moving. Whether we will connect to it, buy into it, or believe in it, He's always moving. I, I love that thought. Just like I know that the power in this church is always moving. All i got to do is hit a switch. The power of God is always moving. He's always... I, I think about it this way. I, I deal with computer and technology lately, especially, and uh, with the live stream. And it's the weirdest thing because the live stream, this stream, these airwaves in the Internet, you know, they always are going. But we're not always streaming. It's only when we connect that we begin to stream. But the stream is streaming. Does that make sense? I know that's really technical. But the stream is streaming. The power and the promise and the sovereignty and the love of God is streaming. We've got to turn it on. And often we see that in order to, the way we turn it on, when we receive Christ, we've got to tell our heads, turn on what's already been done. And that's why I'm saying... Let's declare, I'm anointed to accomplish my assignment. Because as long as we are in Christ, the anointed one, and Christ is in you, anointed through Christ Jesus, you are connected, you are networked, you have everything you need. I think it's important to remember that because we feel lonely often. I think it's often that we feel alone. We can be in a crowded room and feel alone. 
Because when the enemy would make it appear that we're powerless, we begin to think that we are alone. But God said, I'll never leave you. And he said, my power is always moving through you and for you. You have been anointed to accomplish your assignment. God gave you an assignment. And God gave you an assignment that you can accomplish because he anointed you to fulfill and accomplish that assignment. I know at this point you're like, you've said the same thing five times. Yeah, you changed the words around, Pastor, but it's the same words. I'm getting it in my skull. I'm getting it into this thing lines up with this thing. And until it does, I'm going to declare, I am anointed to accomplish my assignment. So Samuel says, I'm going to go. Verse 4, we'll jump to four, verse 4. Samuel says, I'm going to go. So the Lord, uh, Samuel, I, I love this verse. This is important. If we did everything in verse 4, 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 4, we'd have it made. It says, Samuel did what the Lord said. At this point, we could drop the mic, walk off stage, and be done. Samuel did what the Lord said. But I will say we need the anointing to do it. We need the anointing. Without the anointing, listen, without the anointing, it becomes works. I'm not talking about works. I'm talking about the anointing, the assignment that we're anointed to accomplish. We were never intended to do life without the anointing. First Samuel chapter 4 is 7. I'm just going to read a few scriptures. Don't have time to read it all. Samuel did what the Lord said. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the tribe the, uh, of the town trembled when they met him. They asked, do you come in peace? Samuel replied, yes, in peace. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. And then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. Remember, when we were striving to achieve this assignment, understand that it's through the anointing that it's accomplished. But it didn't look like it would normally look. And Sam, it didn't look like what it would normally look like. It's okay. We're going to see God still moved. 2020 doesn't look like what we thought it would look like. It's okay. God's still going to do what God's going to do. I love what's going on here. 
I'm going to jump down to verse 11 for sake of time. Chapter 16, verse 11. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? Let me just say Samuel is in Jesse's house, ready to anoint the king that God said to anoint. And tradition says that the eldest was the one in line. And Samuel, again, is finding himself in a place that wasn't meeting expectation, according to his thought, according to tradition. He says, Jesse, are these all your sons you have? Jesse says, um, as if an afterthought, well, there's the young one. But he's doing his chores. We're going to watch how our afterthought is God's plan A. Still the youngest, Jesse answered, but he's tending sheep. And Samuel says, we'll send for him. We'll not sit until he arrives. Look at this for a minute. The one that wasn't even invited to the party is now getting a standing ovation, waiting in anticipation. I know in 2020, I was like, God, I wasn't invited to this party. He says, wait. Hold on. Stand in faith. Because I'm not finished yet. God, he's just a kid. He's the least of these. God, he's just from 54555. God, she's only eight. I love what happens. Because this is what God always does when he anoints and chooses you. First Samuel chapter 16, verse 12. So he sent for him and had brought him in and he was, was glowing with health and had fine appearance and handsome features. The Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. Now this is interesting because if we were to read ahead, all of the others that were thinking that should be, they were good looking. Strong. Arnold. Kind of strong. They had the appearance of the right thing. And God said, he said earlier, he said in, in, in verse 7, man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. But now... God says, don't, 
he says, don't look at the outer appearance, but it says that he had fine appearance. That might be confusing. God is revealing that he may have the looks. We may have the looks, but that wasn't the reason for the qualification. You may have been in church all your life, you're like, I got it. God calls you and appoints you not because of how many times we attend church. Or how, how, how moved we are by things and how much we read our Bible. Those are works, things that we should be doing. But we're not even chosen for that purpose because of those things. God wants you to, to be growing in stature. But don't think that you're doing it because you're trying to position yourself to a place you've already been, been positioned. Because we'll get caught up in the, the doing and forget about the heart, about what God is doing. It's not always going to be as it seems, but He will always anoint you to bring it come into being. So David wasn't even in this showroom necessarily, but he was chosen all along. I want to remind you he was chosen before he showed up. I want to remind you that though he had, in God's mind, had already appointed him. But it was important to God that he was also anointed. It shored in, in him, I'm sure, but it also shored for those that were looking upon. It brought validity to himself. As he looked in the mirror, he said, No, that mighty prophet anointed me by God. And it says to the people looking in, He was appointed and anointed by God. I think it's an important piece. We have to know that we know that we know that God has purposed and anointed us. If we don't, we can stumble. I know that because that's what happened to Adam and Eve. They stumbled. And all through Scripture we see identity crisis after identity crisis. That when someone got off, it was because they forgot who they were. The other side of it is that people are going to tell you who they think you are. The God's voice, maybe it's not as loud, but it's certainly more truth. It's the only truth. Can I get an amen? It's quiet in the house today. And number two, Just to relieve you, we're only going to do two today. For those of you like, oh man, pastor's only on two. He said four. I should have put the crock pot on low. The second, second declaration I want to share with us today is this. Just because we're not visible doesn't mean I'm not valuable. 
Just because I'm not visible doesn't mean I'm valuable. Not valuable. I felt this way before. I wish I could say it was only one time. I remember going into ministry thinking, you've got to be a good leader. I've seen some good leaders. I, I'm thankful that the long lineage of pastors and a family, strong leaders, didn't always, I'm like, man, that's awesome. That's not me, though. And many times, it's when we begin to, to measure ourselves with this imaginary measuring stick, we begin to think that we're not bad, we can't do what God has called us to do. Or we might be able to do something, but we can't do, we can't dare to think that far and that big and that bold. David, shepherd boy, some say he was 10, some say he could have been as old as 15. He was a teenager. Wasn't in the room, wasn't even asked to come. He wasn't visible. He's doing something, but he wasn't visible. But it didn't matter. Because to God, he was absolutely visible. And what God saw in, in, in David was that he called the, he killed the lion and the bear. His, he had been beginning to build his character. He began to be the who before the do. Talked about that. We see that just because he wasn't visible doesn't mean they're not valuable. I've heard people tell me. I don't know, Pastor, how we can do too much. We're just in a small little town. Just because we're not visible doesn't mean we're not valuable. On a side note, we're more visible now than we've ever been. Thank you. David wasn't consecrated with the others, but he was chosen. David was left out, but he was set apart. David wasn't forgotten on that day just because he was hidden. Sometimes the things that are hidden are often the things that are most valuable. Because they come out at the most opportune time. I got this one particular suit that I purchased, it still sits in my closet. It's a nice suit. I mean, these are okay. No, this one is nice. It's a little more spendy, a little more fine material. It's a pretty nice suit. It's custom fit. Pray, stay fit. But I hold it back I'm waiting for the right time. Not because it's not valuable. In fact, it's more valuable than anything I would wear each week. 
It's tailor fit. It's not, not loose or it's not just fits right. It's an exact fit. But I save it for the right time. Not because it's not worth anything, but because it is very valuable. Waiting for the right moment. You might be in that state. Just because you're hidden doesn't mean you're not visible. You're, you're not valuable. Often people think that value has to do with stage time. As it comes to in the body of Christ. I think it's more valuable. I think that I've seen more people come to the kingdom before I was on stage because they can relate. Someone has this idea that, oh, oh, the pastor, he doesn't understand life. He doesn't experience life, and that's fine. But I know Stephen knows about life. I know Brian knows about life. I know Christine knows about life. I know, I know Pastor Tara knows about life. I know Gary. I know... Steve, I know these guys, these people know life. I'm telling you this because I'm reminding you that you're going to be somebody's pastor at your workplace, at the grocery store, the gas station, in another town. Just because we don't feel not visible doesn't mean there's not high value. You've been called. You've been appointed. And God shows through Christ Jesus you've been anointed to fulfill that call and that appointment. You don't, we don't have to sit back and wait. He has already called us up to be the called ones. To be the ones appointed. To be the ones to walk in the anointing so we can accomplish what we're to accomplish in this earth. You have been anointed to accomplish your assignment. Declare that this week. Remind yourself, your mind, that just because I'm not visible, I'm not valuable. I believe that God is doing a work like never before, and it's working through His church. And his church is you, me, and everyone that calls on his name. Before we even, the Bible says that before we chose him, he chose us. Kind of like David. Oh, Pastor, I don't know about all that. I'm not that churchy kind of a person. I don't really feel like that's me. No one's ever looked at me that way. 
God has. In fact, he looked at you that way in such, in such love and such admire. He said, you know what? I'm going to send my son for that person. So they can be empowered by the Holy Spirit, the anointing on their life. It's a valuable. God has decided over us. That's such good news. But it's also a great responsibility, isn't it? I can feel proud and excited that Papa raised me up to get in the big leagues. And now I better start practicing my swing and practicing my pitch. Because it's going to be my moment to pitch or to bat. I want to be ready. And this is what God is saying. Declare these things. You're practicing the pitch. Declare these things. You're practicing your swing. Because when you get called up, I believe like David, you're going to hit it out of the park. And that giant's going to fall. I don't know where that giant is. I don't know what it looks like. But I know he's already purposed that it's supposed to fall on your behalf. Because he's called you and appointed you and anointed you for service. In Jesus' name. Amen. This has been a message from Word of Life Family Church. Thank you for listening. If you are ever in the Phillips, Wisconsin area, please come join us for one of our services. We're located at 104 Fairway Drive, Phillips, Wisconsin, 54555. Our Sunday service is at 10 a.m. and Bible study on Wednesday is at 6.30 p.m. each week. For more information on our church or pastors, visit us on the World Wide Web at www.wordoflifefamilychurch.org or call us at 715-339-2207. Again, we want to thank you for being with us today. May God bless you and keep you in Jesus' mighty name.